Hi everyone, how are you going? It's PJ here. Lovely to see you this beautiful, bright, sunny afternoon. I am here um, on the the day post inauguration um, from uh, a world order that we are wanting to see shift and move now. A lot of people um, are feeling a little despondent, and uh, rightly so. And a lot of people are feeling um, um, a bit like the rug has been pulled out from under them and uh, confusion. There's some anger, noticing some anger, lots of projection, uh, which is very, very interesting, and accusations as we um, journey through this metamorphosis of shifting, changing sands. And, yeah, it's, it's a kaleidoscope. So... Um, today's podcast, I uh, want to be able to talk to you specifically about um, dealing with ego, both internally and externally. And um, it's going to dovetail a little bit into relationships. A lot of people chat about this, but don't really talk about it. I'm going to go a little bit deeper with you. Um, I'm also going to be speaking to you um, about your relationship with yourself and then what is going to eventuate as we move into the new vibration so hang on to your hats i hope this is nice and chunky and that you're able to take a lot from it i've been getting some incredible feedback so i want to thank you so much for um doing this with me it's fun um i it's much more enjoyable than i thought it would be um i'm loving having the ability to speak because for many years or a very very long time I've literally sat at the computer and um, hypothesized and theorized and um, a lot of these thoughts haven't really been brought into the open and it's so appropriate right now that as we're moving into this shift I'm being able to speak my voice and um, so many of you are really enjoying what I have to share and of course done the podcast as well um so you can join me now on youtube which is very cool <laughs> i can't believe i could actually say that it was actually it was actually some of the key accounts in queue that suggested that uh i get up and 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 be uh made you know make myself known on these other platforms so that they people could um connect with me so thank you for encouraging me um there is a major shift as well in um, our platforms. So this is part of the reason why I decided to branch out and do the podcast. So no matter what, you can get in touch with me um, and looking at other platforms. So I'll talk about that at the end. All right, let's just check in a moment. Take a really big deep breath. And I want you to really check in with how you're feeling. I want you to come into that moment with yourself and sitting present with yourself and truly feel into what emotion is bubbling away for you it could be a bit of a soup okay you might have some anger justified you may have 
confusion. You may have relief. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're feeling a sense of release. I did relief. I did. And maybe you're sensing the energy around us where you can feel it's like it's all sitting on a on a precipice and it's ready to turn. And I, I believe that is the truth. You may be feeling uh, joy or maybe frustration. Whatever that is for you, just sit with it for a moment and feel it. Give it some space. Let it be present with you, ugly or pretty, doesn't matter whether that anger or the joy or however you're feeling, it doesn't have to trigger any level of judgment. Let it be. Let Allow it to sit with you, be with it. And just be present with it. Because what you find is sometimes when you're present with an energy um, and you give it the space, the acknowledgement, doesn't mean you accept it. You just give it the space, it will usually just dissolve because often it just wants to be recognized by you. Now, um, let's look at the, hope that's helped, you know, and, and do that from time to time give yourself five minutes and just really feel into what am I feeling right now oh yeah I'm really pissed off <laughs> and just just let it bubble okay and once it knows that you've seen it you can depersonalize it like that it helps once it knows it it's been seen you know we just sit there okay so hey anger how you doing nice to be with you and you just you just observe it and once it's acknowledged, it goes. It doesn't need to have a, a, a hold over you. This is the problem with a lot of emotional um, people is we spend so much time suppressing our emotions. We don't have any time to master our emotions. And once what's seen is exposed to the light, it can never reform, which is very cool. So just remember that. All right, so um, you're, we've been through this, this journey of trust, yeah? This, this incredible, huge journey where you have put your faith in absolutely everything. In so doing and putting your faith in this process, you've ostracized, alienated, polarized... Um, your community, people, people have blocked you, stepped away from you, written you out of their will. <laughs> um, you've basically exposed your light. So just bear that in mind, okay? We are showing people what we stand for and what we will not tolerate. And in showing people what we stand for and we won't tolerate for them as well what's seen can never be unseen 
oh, you're crazy, you're a misfit, you're a dreamer, get your head out of the clouds, this is never going to happen, Biden gets in and that's the end of it, right? And to some extent, that's definitely been the case. And um, our faith has been tested. Now, uh, what's curious is there are countless numbers of stories where our faith has been tested and we feel as though we've been abandoned by God. We feel as though we've been left to deal with something that we've created. And let's face it, we did create this in our infinite wisdom as souls. We joined this. We didn't have to. Nobody had a gun to our head. And we we joined this, this um, movement around that was about justice, actually. And I've said it to people many, many times, if you know me well, I've said, you know, this is one wound. I have no intention of healing. There's a lot of inner healing that goes on in our world and, you know, there's healing around anger and there's healing around abandonment. But my justice wound, I will never heal. I don't ever want to be in a situation where I um, heal the justice wound to the point that nothing um, motivates me or engages me. And that, oh, well, you know, I'll give that. That's a fight that somebody else can fight kind of deal, do you know? I never, ever want to be in that situation and the justice is incredibly important. And that can be difficult when you're looking at an entire regime or a worldview being shat on, for want of a better term, um, by an agenda that feels as though it hasn't acknowledged you at all and it's just gone the way it's going to go. Well, that has been the case to now, right? To now we know we may have voted, you know, consciously about um, politicians that have more of a respect for the earth or we may have really had a passionate view about um, stopping uranium mining or some other really important thing that's tied deeply into our value system. And no matter what, you know, we put our heart, minds and soul behind that and the system, quote unquote, just runs roughshod and rides right over the top of your bus. It doesn't feel good. And I can fully relate with how you're feeling. Except at this time, we have a number of different circumstances arisen that keep the light alive. Now, I actually think that God has done this for a reason. There's a few things. Firstly, uh, let's. I'm, I'm really focusing on this situation so that I can help you highlight what's going on at a personal level. So one of the one of the biggest things about this great awakening is when something is taken from us and it feels as though this has been taken from us, um, we can sort of act out a little bit like a child. And I do feel that God is testing us to see where our intestinal courage, our fortitude, remember these are... These are values that we don't really draw on all that much in day-to-day life. 
we've become very comfy and we haven't ever really felt in our generations, so let's look at the last 50 years anyway, haven't really felt wedded to any one major thing, one major cause, certainly not when it comes to world peace, that's kind of been a given. But the peace that we were given, the peace that we've been, the existence that we've been living under, and look at me at that, like 52 years, okay? So since the Vietnam War, there's been wars here and there, but that's over there out of my jurisdiction or in another country or that's that always happens to them. They've been fighting for thousands of years. Oh, it's so offensive to me to hear that. And they'll always fight so, okay? We've been living in a bubble and now we've been drawn by God to come and stand up against what we know to be true and what we feel in our hearts is worth fighting for. We are doing whatever we can to destroy the cabal mentally, emotionally and physically. Bring them to justice so that this can never happen again and save the children in the process. That's what it's been about for me. And at a personal level, what has that meant for me? That has meant that I um, have really embraced um, uh, the meaning behind this movement. I don't, I don't know that a lot of people um, really got it and it was unfortunate because uh, there was a lot of, um, I think there was focus on the wrong things here and there. And I would shift my focus deliberately because I was aware that, wow, this is getting off the track here. The thing that brought me in to the, to the movement of peace and justice was the children in the dumps. And um, I explained that on my YouTube the other night, that in a past parallel existence... And you can ask anybody who is very close to me because I've shared these stories many times at the risk of looking like an idiot. And I certainly would never... I've been very careful about who I share it with, but um, you can imagine when I came into the Anon movement, I couldn't believe that there were, there were stories of children in these deep underground bases. Um that had been captured because that was my experience. It's age seven. And I was one of those. I was captive. I can still draw it. It's really big for me, actually. It was very emotional knowing that that existence wasn't a seven-year-old fan. You know, how could it be a seven-year-old fantasy? Um, It was a trauma coming through a seven-year-old and I carry that for the rest of my life until now. And now I can speak about it more. It didn't actually happen <laughs> in the sense that it wasn't in the here and now. Okay. And I looked at, I believed that my parents, I didn't want to go to sleep at night. Because if I went to sleep, it would mean that I would dream. When I dream, I would become a 14, 15, 16 year old girl, seven who was shackled and abused and chained and sex-tortured. Well, what would I think that at seven? And 
that was my existence and I preferred to be there because this was a world that I understood. I didn't understand this world at all. Really quite phenomenal. And, you know, one of these days I'll probably go deeper on this with you to explain what it was and I'm still trying to unpack it. I don't get it. <laughs> um, some people have said it's a parallel existence. Other people have said I'd gone to the future in my dream and I was looking back on a past life that had a seamless connection to this life and at seven I was still accessing that very possible parallel existences um, or just telepathy picking up the messages from somebody that was suffering uh, which an empath can do so yeah huge right and then 52 years I this year I I acknowledge it and speak to it to strangers first time ever and wasn't considered totally crazy everybody fully got it and there were women in the circle in in twitter who had had the same experiences we'd all um visited it and bought it there's other things as well um one of them is a submarine where i actually was part of an elite on an a-list and um I was invited to, um, yeah, this underground hotel thing that had beautiful carvings and inscriptions on the wall and you could, a massive, massive sheet of glass that was separating us. We were, we were a bit wet, but we're all dressed up and um, we were we taken under the sea into this lobby thing and um, it was stunning. <laughs> can still remember it and it was we should have been freezing cold but it wasn't cold it was climate controlled and this massive sheet of glass was between us and the ocean you could actually see in to the infinite realms of the ocean and see the fish and seals and whole nine yards it was amazing it was a dream um some time back um that was about all there was it was a lift you went up and we had all these, you know, beautiful rooms and, yeah, but you accessed it under the water. <laughs> and uh, if you've been following the Q movement, a lot, some of the drops they speak about Ghislaine Maxwell and that's pretty much what she's involved with. So, yeah, it's, 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 I had that dream, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years ago. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Um. Okay, so shifting gears, let's just move in. I just wanted to share that with you so that you could um, feel into, you know, this is this is our reality, right? We've been living a reality and we've been living on a different timeline. And the result of what's happened is we're observing the timeline that the Illuminati are now on. Bear with me, okay? So we have this reality. We know where it goes and they are in the other where Biden wins. And some people are saying it was all pre-recorded. Very possible. Who'd know? There's no one. No one is allowed into DC at the moment. Think about that. Okay, and you're watching this timeline that they're on that ends. 
It's constructed, it's designed to end. So where is the president in all this? Well, he is busy observing the law and not leading the military. The military is under the complete guise of military leadership in a crisis just like this. So this is being created with the hand of God and the a divine plan wouldn't have happened unless all of the alignments were here to see them crash and burn. So does it, I hope that makes you feel better. We just have to stand back and wait. We've got 12 weeks of an intense period of time. And so I hope through this period that my podcast is going to be really uh, helpful as we nurture ourselves. We're going to have to bond. We're going to have to come together. We're going to have to come together tighter than we have ever have before because more and more people who aren't connected with this reality are going to find it stranger and stranger. And yes, you probably today you're feeling as though you're mocked. You're feeling as though you're chided. You're feeling alone, isolated. You're feeling as though you've been left out in the cold and that what you wished for didn't happen. Well, God doesn't work like that. And what we wish, what we're wishing for, what we want more than anything is the salvation of the souls who have been most impacted, children, okay, and all the people, including all of the citizens, the everyday citizens in the world. There are good people in the world and there are more good people in the world than there are bad. It's just they're squeaky wheels, so they take a lot of attention. Think about someone you know in your vicinity who has a true squeaky wheel and not exactly of great character. They get all the attention, don't they? And this has happened again. And so your justice wound will be rising up and your ego will be creating stories. And people who weren't really in this for the right reasons will be feeling a bit of an ego death. This is important, okay? Because when we're moving into the fifth dimension, we can't take the ego with us. It doesn't fit. I've said this before. It literally doesn't fit. We have to become like ether we have to um take off all of our hard edges and move in this flowing vibration of heart wisdom to be able to exist in this fifth dimensional reality and boom we, we've we've hit this and now we're experiencing this purge you may have looked at the Schumann resonance and had a look at that lately Oh God, it's gone crazy up, down and all over the place. But essentially, okay, we're looking at a, a, a an orientation of really looking at our ego. And if we are connected with source, it's really not going to matter. And it doesn't for me. I trust in this implicitly. And I know in my heart that part of this awakening is about acknowledging where we're at, looking at the ego and being able to um, dissolve what it is that no longer works for us. Now, um, it's been interesting because there's been a lot of people who 
today when I've sort of gone for the regroup and had a look and seen what has happened um, at a at a a base level. This this entire situation is set up so that we can merge into this existence really beautifully. Okay. And I I said on my podcast on my uh, YouTube the other night, I referred to um, POTUS as taking us through the fourth dimension. We're doing a flyby on Satan's ground and it's taking us really close to the very thing that we don't want. We're looking at these people who have now been inaugurated. Actually, none of it's legal. None of it. So we don't have to worry about it. It will come together. It will, it will become something where we, they can... You know, think about it as though Trump's run around and tied everyone's shoelaces together while they were falling asleep in the arena watching the football. Now they're going to get up <laughs> and going to go and do their work and they're not going to be able to because all of the executive orders are sitting there waiting to be triggered one by one by one by one. They're going to break every rule because they don't look at the rule book or they think they align with their own rule book and that rule book no longer exists and that's going to feel good. God, that's going to feel good. So let's bring it back to you. I just wanted to give you that scope. There's more to it. There's more to it. Um, and, and the information that's floating around is very tough. And as we're adjusting to this 5D reality, we've got all of this playing out on the earth at the moment. And we're seeing the division and the separation, family and friends and loved ones and relationships breaking down. You vote for Trump, that's it. Don't want to know anything about you. The way I look at it is you either vote, uh, sorry, you align um, with the light or you don't. What's seen can never be unseen. You identify with the light source or you can't see it at all. And I read something this morning um, which was effectively saying that, you know, if you can't see the light, you're... You're the opposite of the light or you're soulless. And I don't believe there's that many everyday people that are soulless. I do believe that there are people in the um, armed forces around the world, the Chinese military, the Israeli military, uh, the cabal and Illuminati that are soulless 100%. And even on the, on, in celebrities in the media, fully believe that. But the everyday person isn't soulless. We're either aligned to the light and to awaken to that light or we're not. And our ego doesn't have any um, jurisdiction over this area. So it can become very threatened. Um, and this is the confusion that you may be feeling. And this is where I say to you, I would really encourage you to look at um, the word, you know, God's word in the Bible um, the written word is very powerful through these times. You can also look at some of the hidden texts, which I really enjoy. Um, the text of Nag Hammadi. And I've got the book of Enoch here. And um, I'll read um, a bit of a passage to you so that um, yeah, just find uh, 
um, a level of comfort for you, especially as you're, you're moving through this. You may be somebody, though, I mean, I'm speaking to the common denominator of um, feeling as though you feel um, uncomfortable. There's a lot of people who are feeling incredibly aligned, maybe even more so than before, that even though they can't, we can't, don't have privy to that information, that as we open to this great awakening, we're starting to realise the strength that we've been endowed with as a result of this journey. And I know I am really, really grateful. All right. So this is interesting. I've opened the Book of Enoch to the parables, which is something I used to read when I was a really little girl. It was one of my first books. So the second vision which he saw, the vision of wisdom, which Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalal, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam saw. And this is the beginning of the words of wisdom, which I lifted up my voice to speak and say to those which dwell on the earth. Hear ye men of old time, and see that ye come after the words of the Holy One which I speak before the Lord of Spirits. It were to de- better to declare them only to the men of old time, but even from those that come after, we will not withhold the beginning of wisdom. Till the present day, such wisdom has never been given by the Lord of Spirits, as I have received according to my insight, according to the good pleasure of the Lord of Spirits, by whom the Lord of Eternal Life has been given to me. Now three parables were imparted to me, and I lifted up my voice and recounted them to those that dwell on the earth. So this is very, very interesting, and it goes on um, in the first parable about the wisdom that has come onto the earth. So I'll jump a few things and explain this here. Mercy shall not be accorded to them, said the Lord of the spirits. And in those days a whirlwind carried me off the earth, set me down at the end of the heavens, and there I saw another vision, the dwelling place of the holy and the resting place of the righteous. Here mine eyes saw their dwelling with their own, with his righteous angels and their resting places with the holy. And they petitioned and interceded and prayed for the children of men, and the righteousness flowed before them as water and mercy like dew upon the earth. Thus it is amongst them for ever and ever. And in that place mine eyes saw the elect one of righteous and of faith righteousness and of faith. And I saw his dwelling place under the wings of the Lord of Spirits, and righteousness shall prevail in his days. And the righteous and the elect shall be without number. Before him forever and ever. How beautiful. So a message which was effectively that, you know, our our faith will be rewarded. And I truly and earnestly believe that we're kind of, we're halfway through. We're in the eye of the storm. (laughs) We're in the eye of the storm, which feels good. And um, it's, a moment to gather your thoughts and bring yourself into alignment with what is, what's important. Where are you at? Okay, people are hating on you. Guess what? You're able to see them with real eyes. We now realize real eyes. 
what's really going on. We don't need to sit in judgment of them. God will look after that. We can simply sit in uh, our, our authentic knowing and know what's important to us. We also need to give them the space to be able to come back eventually, maybe, maybe not, and know that they can come back. There's a great prayer I'd love to offer you now. It's a Hawaiian blessing called the Honoponopono. Many of you will have heard of it before. Many of you may never have heard of it before. You should Google it. Or maybe I shouldn't use that word. <laughs> you should search engine it. Um, Honoponopono. I'm, and I have mentioned this before. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And what that means is I don't have any solution for this certain situation you want to project all over me and turn me into the baddie and make me look out to be the freak or the weirdo go right ahead honoponopono means here's a blessing i pray for you and i hope that this can be resolved within you because it has nothing to do with me and that's the honest truth honoponopono is very powerful because it has the ability to dissolve the karmic attachments that come in through um, um, others and and those contracts, those soul contracts that we have with other people, which are real. Okay, we more than likely we have a soul contract um, with the earth at this time to see her um, redeemed and um, to be on this path. If it's anything like. If you are feeling anything like me, you will be so compelled to this that you're living, eating, breathing and sleeping it. And guess what? You and many millions, millions of other people, just because there isn't 50 people out of 50 in your circle also loving this doesn't mean anything. There are millions of people that are seeing the truth, getting a taste of the truth and wanting the truth and are ready for this to occur, really ready, okay? Now, I want to talk to you about relationship and how this sort of plays out. You may be like in the relationship where you're the one who fully sees and fully believes and the other is asleep and not willing and really not interested in resolving that at all. And this um, creates its own issues and tension. Well, unless they're sort of like acting like three-year-olds and granted some are where they're just projecting and wanting to sort of rain on your parade and tell you how, how bad a person you're being and that they can't exist if you don't think their way. What's that showing you? Okay, and you can you can literally just observe it. Um, I'm in a relationship where um, one is less um, open than myself, right? And rather than have it um, deteriorate into negativity and name-calling because each other don't think like the other. Um, we've simply honoured each other where we're at 
in a way that's respectful and both of us refuse to engage. Very occasionally we might, uh, there might be a crossing of swords, but not often. Um, I fully accept that that's his worldview and he's entitled to it. And I get the same reflected back. Um, and that, that, you know, that says a lot about the dynamic in our relationship. Ours is a 5D relationship um, where one is engaging with the here and now and quite fascinated with the third dimension and doesn't really feel like they want to let go of that. Quite happy to be in that reality and be a master in that space. And one could say that that's ego. I would probably align with that to some degree. But it's simply that that's where um, one works, breathes, lives and exists and mastery is really important. Where for me, um, mine is more about yearning to be back in alignment with my soul family so much. And my existence pre the third dimension and I'm happy to be a baby in swimming in a pool of knowledge and wisdom and gnosis fully okay and when we were married uh, which was in Egypt in October in 2014 you know I was very clear and said I can't be in a 3D relationship I can't do it I don't want marriage. It's a patriarchal contract that is designed to close over your rights. And as individuals, it, I don't see it as romantic at all. And I'm sorry if that offends anybody. I really, I really don't agree with the patriarchal contract around marriage because it was designed to um, legitimise the sale of assets. That's all a marriage was. It was all mar- women held land, not men. And the only way men could get their hands on land was to marry a woman. And in some countries, they still only pass the land down through the feminine line. I know, I know uh, my ex-husband's sister had all the land in Greece um, because she was the oldest and... The land could only be passed down through the generation, through the feminine. This says a lot, doesn't it? Really. So, um, yeah, um, he agreed and um, and I said, I also want to write the vows, but I'm not prepared to go with vows that are classically accepted as the norm. And he said, well, I said, let's each write our own desires and wishes and prayers and then spend the morning writing. And then I'll come meet with you in the afternoon. We're at the hotel in Egypt. I'll meet with you at like two o'clock after we've had lunch. And um, we can rationalize both our lists and come to an ultimate agreement. And he was like, wow, okay. Um, so we, and he, he rose to that. And then we sat down at around two thirty, 
And we went over, I'll never forget that, sitting around the pool on the edge of the desert. And um, it sounds amazing. It was amazing. Uh, in, a, in an area known once as Memphis, funnily enough. Um, it's now called Abusia. And it's a place where I go and stay whenever I'm in Egypt. Um, so we wrote down these values and these these lists, the list of what's important. And we, we came up with this um, list and number one was the soul journey. So nothing beyond the journey of the soul and our connection to God is more important. We put the soul path as the prime um the prime reason to be in this space and our relationship came second and then our own personal needs came third um and that's been a, a beautiful um very 5D existence for me uh we didn't discount the idea of others in our lives if we identified this person was part of our soul's journey and that's permitted uh, with some rules and, and um, not so much rules, m- some agreements, you know, around that. Um, but we both acknowledge each, o- each other as sovereign beings and it's working very well, especially with the energy at the moment. If you're living in a, a 3D reality and you're shifting into the five, you're probably going to be finding that that third dimensional expectations, frustrations, limitations, maybe um, no longer needed in your everyday or you've completely outgrown it. You should look at that and instead of, I can't rewrite your wedding vows, can you? But what you can do is look at each aspect of your life with unconditional love and looking at the priorities and writing out what it is that you want for yourself and observing that over and above everything else. Because ultimately it is about your relationship with you that um, that that is going to be mimicked by everyone in your life. If you're at peace, you'll see that reflected back in the people around you, the children, even the animals. If you're not at peace, you're also going to be seeing that reflected. So take that into account because those are aspects um, that have a, have a lot to bear on, on this. And if you are seeing a lot of ego from your partner, you want to be doing whatever you can to heal that in yourself because what you're doing is you're seeing what's happening in front of you. You're seeing um, uh, that is showing up as a reality, uh, as a truth of your knowing. Okay, and then I did want to touch a little bit on, um, we've had a bit of a journey on this podcast, haven't we? We've talked about all sorts of things. Um, this one is about grief and grieving um, what was. I mentioned in the YouTube the other night that we're now in a tunnel 
and we're on we're on we're on the train it's left the station it's well and truly on its journey okay it hasn't come to an end we're still in the tunnel we can't go back because the train doesn't have a reverse button not this one and going forward is unknown and we don't know quite where we're going to or what we're doing but maybe this wasn't it either but we've learned that by having the faith and jumping on the train we've given power to something that we can't stop it's a good thing okay we're giving power to it as you pull away from the station you're thinking about what you may have left behind you're thinking about you know how you've what are the impressions that are left with those that aren't on board with you literally what are the the how could you have changed that so that they could be on board well it's not within it's not within your capacity to change that the only the only thing that you can do with that is is bring god into the equation yeah and god decides who lights up and who gets on and who doesn't and actually one could say that he doesn't even decide that he simply gives the gift of will some people use it and some people don't and we have to respect that can you live with that and you can decide as long as there's no conflict it's okay if there's constant tension and aggravation and frustration and perturbation maybe not maybe maybe you're seeing values that are widely different between what you are and what they are and those values are grounding manifesting in the moment where you're like well i've seen it can't unsee it i can't live with this person because of their the way that they look at the world it would be easier to live by myself in my case that's not the truth but i have been there before i know exactly what that feels like and only you can make that choice but right now i wouldn't be making any changes any uh unless they're necessary um because there's so much change going on within us we have been subjected to the heat as it were from the great galactic sun we've been completely overwhelmed by this intense rays from you know having gone all that way and um we we our, our entire being um is is being um orientated in a way that's new and very different very very different you cannot go through this level of transfer we we're, we're journeying this together okay and i never want to come across as some sort of guru and I, that I, that I, i've mastered this or that all i'm doing is being the spokesperson for what you're experiencing and helping you understand based on my own experiences where i've been where i am where i am right now okay because i'm going through it with you 
um, you will feel very as though you've been worked over. Incredible exhaustion. I've got a lot of people saying to me right now, I am sleeping so well. What do you think that says? Think about that for a minute. Why, you know, years and years and years of anxiety, spiritual attacks, negativity, being cast as completely different or the widow, the black sheep in the family. And now suddenly people are like, wow, I'm sleeping. This is so good. And it's because we've had the burden taken off our shoulders. God has come in and gone, let me help you. And we've allowed that to eventuate. But those who are stuck in the 3D reality take responsibility for things that are well and truly outside of their domain. God gives us these opportunities and these experiences to integrate and embody in our way. And what becomes very interesting is we are grieving the loss of what we were. And we're seeing that identified within our partners. Okay, do we really want to go back there? Only you can answer that. I know how I feel. Okay, nothing, nothing could ever take me back there. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm totally good. Thanks very much. I, I, I do not need to be living in a 3D existence at all. Natural. I mean, I, you know, I have a house and I have things and I have a computer. I, you know, I don't live in an ashram, but um, ultimately, I live outside of time. I don't observe time much at all. It's very challenging for me to keep an appointment because I'm aware of the frequency of time and how transformative that is and the illusion that it is. So I just go by the light of the day. I can wake up, you know, of a morning and I can look at the light and I'll be able to tell you exactly what time it is on the clock uh, because I'm so used to reading the light. And that, that brings me a day of incredible joy rather than um, aligning and watching the clock. Right. So if you're feeling as though the grief from that loss and those decisions to get on that train and abandon what was and move on, you want to acknowledge that grief as well. Okay. And you want to be really patient. And what I am going to say to you is that as this ramps up, the world's grief is going to be palpable. Some of us, me included, have already grieved. We've been grieving for a long time, three to four years. Um, I've cried a bucket of tears. I'm good now. But the um, why? Because I, we were, I was witnessing, watching, and being shown things that I could not comprehend. I was crying for humanity. And I knew that. I actually said that last year. I said, it feels like this is grief, but this is not my grief. I feel like I'm grieving for the world. I feel like something so huge is coming and nobody's prepared for this. And that's exactly what's manifested in these last months, the last year. It's been, it's been huge, hasn't it? Grief comes in many forms as a cycle of grief. There are seven stages of grief. And the grief can strike at any moment. 
and the the different layers of grief. There are seven stages of grief: anger, denial. Um, oh, there's a, there's a there's a a list of these incredible uh, feelings of grief. And to grieve, one must be able to grieve and put in a use-by date. So it's like, wow, this week I'm grieving, I'm dropping into this and I'm honouring this until that week. And that works really, really well. I would also really encourage you, if you felt like you needed some a level of support with this, um, I absolutely encourage you to reach out to me um, and make a time we can go over your um, lifestyle and I can help you determine what is the best way to go forward for you so that you've got a bit of a protocol when things get rough as they can and want to do. I hope you've been enjoying the group and um, all the various spaces that I've created for you, including Discord. Um, it's been incredible. And um, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because I wouldn't be able to do this to the level that I am if I didn't have the depth from Twitter. All right. Well, so much love. It's been wonderful to talk to you. I hope that was helpful. I look forward to being able to connect with you. And until next time, see you soon.